0: hold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil against us or disease infect us God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the lord has spoken to me because His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as a wicked. Amen. We're in the house of God tonight.
1: Amen. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm not Pastor Doug. (laughs) But I am his wife, so that's good. (laughs) And it's good to be here for a night of refreshing. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can have a place to call home that is a house of God. And we speak into this atmosphere tonight, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your spirit will move, that you will inhabit the praises of your people. I thank you, Lord, that the voice of God will be heard. And no other voice has permission to speak in this atmosphere but the spirit of the living God. And we are here to receive from your throne tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have something good for us. And we have something good
2: for you, Father. We have praises to offer you in this house. So we worship you tonight, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's worship. Hallelujah.
3: at the mention of your name.
1: how nice it is how nice it is for my people to worship together it brings you refreshing it brings you refining and it brings us connection with each other go deeper in your worship go deeper in your connection with me I am your heavenly father and I long to be with you to spend time with you For you to worship me in spirit and in truth. And watch, watch what I can do for you. Watch what I can do for you in my presence. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight in this place. We thank you, Lord. We honor your word. We thank you, Jesus, for the connection that you've given to us to the heavenly father again that we can boldly go before your throne of mercy and grace and it is in this way that we come before you tonight father it's jesus name that we pray amen and amen amen let's be seated if we can praise god thank you lord thank you signature worship team it's awesome isn't it (laughs) praise god Amen. Worship is a big part of the Christian life. Amen. Amen. Going to heaven is is eternity, but worship should be on the earth. Amen. Amen. And um, it's something that we should, you know, I'm the worship leader, so I have to talk about worship. (laughs) And it's something that we should um, become skillful in as far as our Christian walk goes. Amen. So if you're, if you're concerned about opening your mouth in church and public worshiping, do it alone at home. Do it in your car. Practice it. Amen? And then it becomes easier when you're in public. Right? But God wants to hear your voice. He puts your voice in you. He likes the sound of it. Imagine that. There might be people in your life that don't like the sound of your voice, but God loves the sound of your voice. How many parents do we have? The parents. Didn't you love the sound of your baby's voice? I mean, maybe minus the crying, but you could tell your kid's voice anywhere, right? And I'm sure those who have grandkids, the same thing occurs, but God loves the voice of his children. We have voices that please God. Amen. And so that's not my message tonight, but that's just a little bit side note. So, um. We have a few things coming up. I think Pastor Doug does announcements, doesn't he? But that takes away from my preaching time. We have, have, what do we have going on? We have Sunday service is Father's Day. Sunday is Father's Day. And we're having a youth um, spaghetti dinner sale. So talk to the guys back there. They'll hook you up for a meal on Sunday. Ms. Dottie's special sauce, which everybody loves. (laughs) And if you have never partook of it, this is your opportunity. (laughs) Amen. So I like the whiteboard, as you can see. And so that's how I'm going to preach tonight. Whether I write on it or not, it's a whole different story, but I just like it. Uh, (laughs) So tonight I want to talk to us about living a life of fruitfulness. Living a life of fruitfulness. As a believer, we... Should produce something right and I would prefer to produce good fruit (laughs) right so living a life of fruitfulness and this is something that the world and the good people that like you and the people that don't like you can see oh we forgot about kids life sorry (laughs) maybe they'll stay in here and listen to me talk but (laughs) they want to sit down to hear me talk you want to hear me talk no you want to go upstairs they don't want to hear me talk they're like no we don't want to hear her talk all right kids life off we go (laughs) so uh yeah i was thinking oh they want to hear me talk no Living a life of fruitfulness, and we should think this way in our walk with God. Now, I want to give you some perspective before I take you to scripture. The devil wants you to think that you produce bad fruit. So every time he attacks you, it's always to point out something that is wrong with you. Right? And then it makes you feel like you're not a productive Christian, like you're a bad witness right so we're going to talk about living a life of fruitfulness you're going to see what kind of tree you are and you're going to see what you're capable of producing and you're going to see how much fruitfulness you probably have that you don't realize amen isn't that encouraging that's new for me let's go let's see how it goes (laughs) we're going to go to psalm chapter one the book of psalm chapter one only has six verses we're going to read the whole chapter And I'm reading from the amplified version, because that's louder, and I like it loud. So, I think God does too, actually. But, you know, that's my partial opinion about the matter. So we're doing the amplified classic version, APMC, there we go. And it starts off by saying, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. You have to understand, if you are... If you want to wear the label of blessed, you have to be able to accept the attack of being enviable. Okay? It's the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive... In the path where sinners walk, nor sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day And by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. This is key. It will prosper and come to maturity. Not so the wicked. Those disobedient and living without God are not so. So right here, I want you to identify yourself and see if you are disobedient and living without God. If you're not, then you are the person we read about before. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? But they are like the chaff. They are not they are not compared to a tree. They are compared to a chaff. Worthless, dead, without substance. What is the substance of things hoped for? Faith. Okay? Which the wind Drives away. Okay? Therefore, the wicked, those disobedient and living without God, shall not stand justified in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of righteous. Those who are upright and with right standing with God, for the Lord knows and is fully acquainted With the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly. Those living outside God's will. Shall perish. It will end in ruin. Ruin and come to naught. Okay. So in this chapter. We see the comparison of two types of people. One is a tree. And the other one is chaff. One Can sit on a seat, the other one stands tall and is planted firm by rivers of living water. Do you see the difference? One can sit around and just lay around chaff with the mockers and the scoffers of the day. The other one is firmly placed by the tree, as a tree, by living waters. It's getting sustenance from somewhere that's alive amen so we want to see this comparison so i did a little t-chart for you if you're taking notes right the do's and the don'ts the do's and don'ts out of this chapter and here's how it goes the righteous right they delight in the lord Isn't that good? Right? They meditate day and night. A.M. and P.M. How's that? Okay? Right? Uh, They will be. They will be. It is inevitable. Right? A tree planted by rivers of living water, that's the um, King James, right, you guys know this, don't you, you've read this 5,000 times, haven't you, yeah, right, this person has leaves that don't wither, it never is out of water, the look of water, that's the way I look at it, the, the leaf is always plump it 's got a good water supply going at all times it's ne- it 's a tree that 's never out of season okay it 's ready to go. it is ready to go. Uh, the enemy attacks them on the street. Boom, let me show you one of the leaves I got <laughs> you see what i 'm saying <laughs> you are you are portable water tree you know you hooked up by the water. The water is with you. you are carrying the living presence of God with you. This is who the believer is. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. If a chaff sitter with the scorners, picture a a wooden bench on the outside sitting in the sun, a chaff sitter. If they're sitting there throwing rocks at you, the tree, it can't do anything to you. Because you're hooked up to the supply that will help repair whatever damage they're trying to do. Do you see how this goes? A life-giving thing that you're hooked up to, the the living uh, presence of God will help to sustain you, and people wouldn't know what rock was thrown at you unless you told them. See? Uh, The leaves never wither. Right? Right? Whatever this person does prospers. Wouldn't that just tick the devil off? (laughs) Whatever this this tree does, if this tree is going to produce oranges this month, it prospers. Bumper crop. If next month it's apples, bumper crop. By the way, The trees referred to in the Bible, if you follow along the whole path of all these scriptures of trees, every month was a new fruit. That's the type of tree it is. So it's not just the same fruit every month. Every month, that's the type of living tree that the Bible talks about when it talks about a living tree, but I'm not doing a Bible study thing. You know, I do Fiona thing. So you go through and study. But what I'm saying is we have seasons in our lives to produce certain things. Don't let the enemy help you miss a season. Do You understand what I'm saying? Don't have months or times of the year where you end up missing out on life because something always happens at this time of the year. The devil is trying to mess a specific season up in your life. There's a fruit on your tree that never gets to come out because you kind of shrivel in, you know. You understand what I'm saying? And there's you were never you, <laughs> there is so much in you to produce that you're not gonna have enough life on earth to do it. Okay? You were created for eternity. You've got eternity type of seed in you. What we've seen is like the barely flicker of what you have in you. It does not matter your age. So quit this settling nonsense. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, whatever they do prosper. They prosper. I didn't write it down, but you got it. Okay, everybody good with that? Now let's go on the other side. Uh You don't have ungodly counsel for the life of God. Don't have ungodly counsel. This this disrespects the Holy Ghost in you. People end up taking ungodly counsel to be nice. And they think it's Christian. It is the most unrighteous thing you could do. Because to take ungodly counsel is not to delight yourself in the Lord. It means you didn't meditate AM and PM because his word will tell you what to do, right? His word is his counsel. The Holy Spirit comes in and gives us insight into the counsel of God when we read the word of God. So to take on godly counsel in a matter, it means that somewhere you don't think there's some godly person you can ask. It's even worse if a godly person gives you counsel And you go with the ungodly counsel. You don't walk in the path of sinners. Okay? Sinners make their way broad. Broad is the way that leads to sin. And destruction, actually. Narrow, right? So you walk in the path of righteousness. Right? You don't walk in the path of sinners. You will know the path of sinners. You know why? You have the Holy Ghost in you that will give you alarm bells. Something's not right. Something is not right. You see? You don't sit for the love of God. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Oh, I'm just telling you. And it depends who you're scoffing about, but that even makes it worse. Just don't scoff about me, I'm just saying. But it is a person that is wasting seasons in their lives, sitting there, scoffing at somebody else's work. And it could be that the person isn't doing it right, but they're trying to. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not ungodly. They're following God's voice. You never want to scoff at somebody because that, that's a comfortable place. Think about it. You're sitting in the seat of a scoffer. You are hanging out. Think of that wooden bench right there. You're just hanging out. You're just, what are you doing? Just sitting there blabbing about, and it's usually about judging somebody's work. That you have no idea what's happening. You don't know anything. You see what I'm saying? You're seeing what they're producing, but you don't know what level of expertise they're in yet in that thing. Right? Right? This could be a new gift that God's given them. And they have faith enough to step out and do it. And you choose to sit in the seat of the scoffer. Whenever we sit in the seat of the scoffer, we're not sitting alone. We're sitting with an ungodly person because that's the person that runs that seat. Right? Okay. It's going to get better, I think. <laughs> so I'm going to write all the stuff that happens to the ungodly. Not, it's not so with the ungodly, meaning that <clears throat> they will not laugh. The ungodly doesn't last. They are like chaff. Here's one of the things that the enemy tries to do. When he is attacking a godly person, he tries to make the person he's using equal to or better than the godly person. In the spirit realm, if you will understand this principle, in the spirit realm, they are chaff. They are the chaff that the wind can blow away. Do you understand this? So the same wind that will make the leaves on the godly's life look so beautiful, right? Wait and actually produce air, breeze for everybody around them. That same wind blows away the wicked. You see? So you can be in the same environment with a wicked, and a wind comes along, and you're just waving. Beautiful. Everybody's cooled off by your presence. But not, But then you look over, where is such and such? I, wow, it's like they just blew away. Yeah. You got this? They will not stand. God does not allow the ungodly to have a standing in his business because it would be out of order for the protocol of his kingdom. Now, mind you, you remember uh the stories in the Bible that have to do with kingdoms and kings and all this. Every time somebody was going to go in front of the king into the palace, the main where the throne is, there was always a protocol. There was always a way they're supposed to dress. There was always an invitation they needed to have to enter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or else there are consequences for it. You see? And so, God, this is God's protocol when it comes to the righteous and the unrighteous. This chapter talks about the behavior of people and which one can produce fruit and which one does not. Now if you end up. You may not be the person that is the chaff. But you may be deceived. To hang out with the chaff. Right. Well you're going to dry up. Because to to be with the chaff. You have to be away from the living water. Right. And you could only do that so long. Right. Cut off a branch off of a tree. And see what happens. Right. right. I'm not. I'm no uh, flower person or. Gardener, Lord knows, the snake didn't give me beautiful things and I'm desperately trying to keep the leaves from withering. <laughs> <laughs> I come out on a porch and go, oh, I forgot to water them again. <laughs> One responsibility and boom. That's why I need to be my living water. That's why you need to be my living water. If we had to hook ourselves, you understand know what I'm saying? You, being godly automatically puts you there. How hard is that? Being godly, meaning you're not hanging out with people that are degrading other people wrongfully. Now, okay, so let's bring balance to this. I did, I'm not going to look up all the scriptures. We never get out of here. Listen to me. Do you remember Jesus in the temple that was being used wrongfully? Where they were doing business that wasn't supposed to be done in the temple. What did Jesus go into the temple with? A gentle voice of, Now, people, you are thus and therefore in violation of scripture such and such concerning my father's house. I therefore ask you to calmly exit the premises and take all of your belongings with you. Because we would like to henceforth to clean the house. So that therefore we may prepare it for prayer for which it was originally intended. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a beautiful King James translation of the potential of what people think Jesus was like? No. Jesus literally got whips. He had whips. I don't think he missed people when he swayed it. He turned over tables like he turned over tables. He gave them no warning. Jesus didn't send a notice to say, You have 30 days in which to wrap up your unlawful business in my father's house. He, he, did he? No. Jesus went to the temple with a whip and some muscles. And he whipped and he turned over and he spoke while he was doing it. So how would that look like a Christian today? Tell me. Sometimes you need to put yourself in those scenes and see if you, could, if you would end up finding yourself in the scoffer's bench. Speaking about that scene. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's, here's a, a step further. Put the boldest Christian you know. Put them in that scene instead of Jesus. And see if you can handle it. Changes the perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Why is this important? Do you know why it's important? It's important for the fruit of your life to happen every month on time. That's, what, that's why it's important. It's important for you to live a consistently fruitful life. It is the most exciting thing to have in your life because you're never bored with God's work ever. You'll never just sit Settle into Christianity. Uh Uh-uh. You could produce fruit after fruit after fruit. Every month you could show something new about you that people never saw. You could have a deeper anointing on your life for the thing you're already doing. You could propel and go levels that people never imagined a human could do. Be the example of something different for the kingdom. And, and this is one way that that can happen. There's so many ways. But what I'm telling you is, you have to remove all of the judgments that you have about what a godly, fruitful life looks like. So what was the fruit of Jesus' actions in that temple that day? It was order, wasn't it? He brought order to the house of God, he brought order to the house of God by chasing people out of the house of God. Who? Imagine that. <laughs> Do you see what he? Did? Jesus did. Jesus did that. We have no other examples of the disciples ever trying pulling that off. <laughs> they never did. I, I imagine they never had to. Jesus did it. Thank God he did. Do you see what I'm saying? But he cleared that house of all the evil works that they were doing that did not belong to God. And he set order. That was a fruitfulness of order in the house of God. How many pastors get scoffed for that move? You see what I'm saying? If you go to Joshua 1.8, where we're talking about meditation. Everybody okay? Well, I got plenty of time. Oh, I'm, I'm done already. The psalm is done. That was my thing. The psalm, it's done. We're good. Joshua 1.8. I'm reading this from, uh, I don't know what version this is. What do you have up there? The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Let's continue. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So could it be that we can get trapped By the scoffers when we're not doing that. Right? Think about this because Joshua's, uh, assignment for that season was to take the people from the wilderness to the promised land. And who, where else do we have the biggest bunch of scoffers shown in the Bible? Isn't it, wasn't it the children of Israel in the wilderness? Don't put words in my mouth, Abra, I'm the one with the mic. He said a name I don't want to say. So, <laughs> but I agree with him. But, <laughs> but where isn't in the Bible, right? Wouldn't you say the children of Israel would be a bigger group of the scoffers, right? Remember when they were mocking Joshua and Caleb, the two said we can go take the land, right? Yeah. right? That's what a scoffer looks like. They mock anything godly you want to do. What did God call that type of a report? A wicked report, right? That's what he's calling these people, the wicked, on, sitting on the bench, the chaff, sitting on the bench, right? So in order for Joshua to be able to complete the mission against scoffers, 3 million plus of them, imagine, uh, and see, they had all died, but their children were still there, and they, they lived in their house or their tent, you know. You pick stuff up. <laughs> so <laughs> Joshua had to make his way prosperous. Right. Joshua's prosperous way enabled millions of children of scoffers to, to get the promised land. Wow. Do you see one man who... Did what God said to make His way prosperous brought three million plus people into their promised land, into their promised land. Do you see the fruitfulness there? I'd say that's fruit, wouldn't you? Right. Right? And, and the one instruct, and then it says be courageous, you know, all that. Yeah, all those things. Just read Joshua 1, you'll see. There's a good formula in there for uh, leading people to where they have to go. And, and so when you're taking people, here's the thing we don't understand. When you're taking someone somewhere that God wants them to be, you are taking them out of the enemy's hand. So the enemy will come after you because you're the one that's taking them. So if you're trying to change generations, guess what you got to watch out for? And so you better be meditating. Uh-huh. P.M. Put it with your pills or something, your vitamins. My P.M. meditation is this. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and in the beginning, it may have to be things that build you up. Your AM, PM medication in the word may need to be who you are in Christ so that you know you're planted by rivers of living water. Th- that means you're, it's kind of like you're an island on your own land surrounded by rivers of living water. The only way a wicked person could be near you is if you go and sit with them. Consider how a chaff is going to get from the bench to the tree. We have to paint pictures here, folks. It's a chaff. How is a chaff going to get from the bench to the tree? Surrounded by water. That's moving. Living water. Moving water. God don't give them a bridge. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be the one to bend over there. Uh-huh. And take a little, you know, have a little thing. And then whoop, come back up and pretend to be godly and and deceive the body. And pretend like you're with whoever you're with. But you'll dry up. But it might take a little bit, but you'll dry up. Do you understand? But God is long-suffering and has mercy. He's hoping you get rooted back in. You see what I'm saying? So Joshua, we touched Joshua 1.8. Everybody's good with that? And then we have Genesis 39 and 3. Genesis 39 and 3. Everybody okay? Are you seeing some changes for your life? I'm telling you. Um, You know, in people's lives that have produced certain fruit over the years, um, they have seeds of it in them and they have storage of that fruit in them, like a treasure box. That if you really wanted the uh if you heard that they had a um a win you know in a certain area of life and it's it's been you know they won right and you're now in their life and you need that same win do you know it's stored in us as an anointing of a win it's stored in you as an anointing of a win that you won right And so you could actually release an anointing to people for the thing that you overcame and won. Not the thing you got beat up for. The thing you whooped the devil's people with, the chaff with. The the one little leaf that you took and whooped the chaff with, you have an anointing stored up in you for that thing. Right? Right? So when the devil comes and throws stones at you and tell you how horrible you are in a moment of time for a thing that might be happening. You can feel free to activate the anointing of God in you from winds that you've had. And speak it into your atmosphere as a remembrance before God. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. What do you think he was talking about? He sure didn't talk about all the failures and the losses he had. If you're going to encourage yourself, it's going to be something good, right? And if it's in the Lord, it's going to be what God helped you do, right? So David encouraged himself in the Lord, and the Lord told him to pursue and conquer. Maybe you're not getting to pursue and conquer because you're encouraging yourself in the Lord. Maybe you're sitting there going, woe is me. Hanging out with the chaff. And heck, the chaff might already be blown away, but you're still sitting on the bench. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't take much for the chaff to blow away. What did I say? Genesis 39. 3. It says, Joseph found favor in his sight. Talking about Potiphar, right? And served him. So he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put under his charge from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had the lord blessed the egyptian's house on account of joseph you see this joseph was the only man serving god the almighty god in the country that we're aware of and god blessed the person he worked for Because of him. So in your workplace. Are you sitting as a tree planted. Surrounded by living water. Or are you in a different position at work. You know the one with the chaff. Talking about what they should have done. And what they should be doing. or what they didn't do. And what they should be doing. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, now I'm really hitting something. Do you see? You see how easy it is to be distracted by the chaff? I'm pointing out real life situations, right? If I ever address a chaff, it's from my position of authority as the tree hooked up to the living water. And it is not to agree with them. It is to rebuke them. It is to answer them. Based, Jesus didn't just let the devil talk to him. He answered him, didn't he? Like the phone. He answered him. And he answered him with written word. He answered him with something that had substance. When you answer the devil, it has to have substance in it. Faith is the? Uh Uh-huh. If you don't answer the devil with substance, faith, of God's word... You're using counterfeit currency thinking you're using currency of heaven. It ain't currency of heaven. You have to use the currency of heaven, which is the word of God, which gives you faith that this thing I'm saying will happen because of whose word I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said it. How many times did I say that today? Okay. Uh, Let's finish off with Jeremiah Seventeen, seven to eight. Are you learning something? Yeah. This is a big old Bible, man. Things are far apart. <laughs> Seventeen. Seven to eight. So, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Delight, trust, they can go hand in hand, right? And whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Look at that and that spreads out its roots by the river and shall not fear when heat comes so when the devil brings the fire you're just like you know the chaff burns faster with fire than the tree by the water just so you know okay (laughs) But its leaf shall be green, and it shall not be anxious in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Do you see what happens to the person planted by living water? There is no change in production no matter the season that the earth is in. There is There is no less production. The person's life is on course to produce as God wrote. Right? Psalm 139. The books of our lives have already been written of what could be, what God sees about us. When we come to earth, we end up living a lower level life based on what the earth sees. And God will do everything he can to let you see what he sees. But what he sees is still there. And he wants to help you do it. But you have to agree with he doing it with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not, there's nothing hard about it. It's simply being connected to God and listening to the next instruction. It's an instruction at a time. God's instructions are so deep, thoughtful, and productive that he is not flippantly telling you, turn here, go here, turn right. He is giving you precise, specific instructions for your life. And many people are stuck because they made a turn like he asked them to, but they stopped asking what next to do. And then they're saying things like, well, God told me to go here, but I'm here. Okay, well, maybe that was not the destination. Have you thought about that? <laughs> you know, when the GPS says, uh, go to this road and make a right, and you're like, I made a right. Why am I not there? Um, you just, you just kind of drove out of your parking lot. You made a right. That's great, but there's more. Right. Yeah. You know, what if you turned on to a location you've never been, right? You turned on the GPS, and you're so excited because you got the directions. You're, you downloaded everything. We're all excited. Let's go on this trip. And then the thing said, the GPS has turned right, and you did, and then you turned it off. And then you're all mad because you never got there. And the trip was supposed to take five hours, and you sat there for five hours and never got there. This GPS is wrong. This is a bad GPS. It gives us bad directions. Would you ever say that? Yet people do that with God all the time and I equate it to if Abraham had stopped listening he would have had a dead son Abraham was following the instructions of God but he didn't stop listening and he heard the ram caught in the thicket and when he did he knew what to do with it (laughs) this is where the wisdom of God comes in we operate with the wisdom of God. A living tree planted by waters operate by the wisdom of God. Proverbs um, 30 verse Proverbs 11:30. Proverbs 11:30. I, t- I said the other scripture was the last one, but this is Proverbs 11:30. Let's look at that from the amplified. It says, "The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life." And he who is wise captures human lives for God. Isn't that something? Look at that. It's giving me more verses, but that's okay. So wisdom operates with the person that has a tree of life. And wise people win souls for the kingdom of God. And you can win souls with the fruit of the month. Every fruit of your life was designed to draw people to God. Yeah, the fruit of the month for you, whatever that fruit is in your life, can win souls. You just have to put wisdom with it. You see? So here's what we're going to do as believers. We're going to mind our own tree business. As soon as you start minding other people's business, you're hanging out where the chaffs go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tend to your tree, man. Like, get in the Word, a.m. and p.m., swallow the pill, I don't know, drink the water, whatever it is. If God's correcting you, correct it. It's not because He hates you, it's because He loves you and He's pruning the tree so it can produce the fruit of the month. You know what I'm saying? When God corrects me, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I was so wrong. I can't believe I did that. Or that I didn't know that. Or that I was doing that wrong. Oh my gosh, this is going to make such a difference. This is how you should be happy to be pruned. You're a tree (laughs) that wants to produce but what does the devil do? The little chaff sitting over there is a scoffer, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the bench wants to be where all the trees are, cause that's where the breeze is blowing. Go out in the, in the, you know, in the parks and stuff, right? Uh huh. And the chaff is sitting on the bench, throwing things your way to address you, the tree! That's planted by the living water telling you what you can and can't do. It's a chaff, for crying out loud. Just wave a little and see what happens. (laughs) And you stand there with wisdom and you follow the Holy Ghost. David threw a stone. One stone. Okay? He exchanged a few words because it was necessary. And then he threw a stone. Right? Uh, Joshua said, son, stand still. And he finished the battle. Right? Then he also marched around six times silent and then seven times praising. And a wall fell down. Do you, are you seeing a pattern? I'm seeing different fruit for different months. <laughs> Do you see how the enemy can't figure out what fruit's gonna come out of you? Have you thought about this? He's got a one-month run of the current fruit you produce. By the time he figures out how to come against you, he's about 12 months too late. And so he comes at you with wrong information. Oh, I, I have experienced this in my own personal life. I'm experiencing it right now for crying out loud. When the devil sends somebody in to do research on you, they're always about a couple. I've noticed this. They're about 12 months, two years, three years off with old information. You've already produced 36 different types of fruit since then, which means you have that more potent anointing in you, which means they have no idea what's about to hit them. Pick one and hit them with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I had the Lord told me about Psalm 35. If you're on my Facebook page, you saw me posted. But if you are not, I'll tell you. <laughs> Earlier this year, I don't know, maybe two, three months ago, the Lord had me every day and it took me three weeks to read Psalm 35 out loud. When you go home, read Psalm 35. He had me read Psalm 35 out loud and expected me to believe for it by faith, and I couldn 't bring myself to do it. The first time I couldn 't even read it out loud, I had to just I said, "Lord, I 'm doing my best. This is literally changing who I am, and, and I don 't like it." So I would read it quietly, and I would pray in tongues while I read. I said, "I must be saying it in tongues." I just can't bring myself to say it in English for me to hear it. I'm just saying. So I would pray in tongues as I'm reading it. Right? And it took me three weeks to say it out loud with the authority of faith. And wouldn't you know it? The words of that scripture I needed this week. I needed it to actually be. Woof a nice little wind for a group of chaff to just do a little wind blowing with Psalm 35. And it goes with Psalm 91. But I can do Psalm 91. We're good. That's a little cushiony. But you look at Psalm 35 and you tell me, for all the people who think I'm mean, watch and see what I couldn't do. But now I am equipped. And you know how the Lord turned turned it for me when he explained to me, It is his secret service that's doing all the things said in there, not me doing it. I went, no, that makes me feel better. Thank you. So (laughs) because, you know, the secret service are trained to do things that the person they're protecting aren't trained to do. Right. right? So which means we have angels that minister for us. That's why it goes to Psalm 91. So read it too, you'll see. That's another season you can go in. Right. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to give you some scriptures to look up yourself. Genesis 2.9. It talks about beautiful trees that God created. When you think about yourself as a tree, God created you beautiful. He doesn't have ugly trees. Proverbs 3.18. Wisdom is a tree of life. Proverbs 3.18. Okay? Everybody good? I am the fiery preacher like Pastor Doug. (laughs) But I know how to put fire in your bones <laughs> with the word of God. Amen. So let's do this. Let's. Uh, can you play? Abby, can you play? Um, let's worship God. Right. Because worship is something that the devil can't do anymore. The devil can't worship God anymore. It was taken away from him. So when you want to separate yourself from the wicked, worshiping God is a good place to start. Because they can't go there. You, you can play the drums or something if you want. to. Yeah. Right? Um, are we on board with this? Let's stand together. And here's what we're going to do for the altar. We're not going to do an altar call. We're going to do a recommitting ourselves. Let's get our roots stabilized and, and situated back again. You understand what I'm saying? Let's do some blowing of the wind so the chaff just go away. You understand what I'm saying? All them noisy little mouths telling you nonsense. You got fruit to bear this month. Amen? And you gotta produce because it's good fruit that God brings out of you. Galatians five twenty two, it's a good fruit that God has in us. Our root system is good. So we've got to produce good fruit and we can. Amen? Go ahead and sing something, we'll sing together. You might have to turn her on. Every heart and every mind, is that what you're
2: saying? I just wanna say the name of Jesus. I Jesus. I just wanna speak the name of Jesus Come on, let's worship.
1: A vast orchard, but it's a water orchard. It's individual coconut palms planted on its own little island in the middle of water everywhere. And that's what our heritage looks like. That's what a godly heritage looks like. It's more than one tree planted by water. Do you know what your family winds can produce? Do you know how many chaffs can be blown away by this stuff? You see what I'm saying? The reason I'm saying this, it starts with one tree. Don't uproot yourself and go into where the chaff is. Keep building the family orchard of living trees. Imagine all the family members in your family producing a fruit in every season, a brand new fruit that the enemy doesn't know what it's going to be. This is the beauty of it.
2: Hallelujah. Come on, let's receive that. Father, we receive for our family. We receive for generations to come. As far as the
1: you have the potential to produce a new fruit every month and what if a family member of yours is producing the fruit of what you need you understand what I'm saying you might need something that month but you're not the one producing the fruit somebody else in your family may have an anointing for it receive from them receive from them you understand what I'm saying the people tricks everybody and says because you don't have it you can't get it but if you're part of a family you can receive it you understand you can give it and you can receive it that's the beauty of being part of a family and, and the one that strives free will cause you to receive better so any of your godly family that is producing a fruit that you need receive from them it's pride to not receive that's what it is it's pride to think that you have to produce it if you need it many times the fruits we're producing is for somebody else it's for people to pick off of us you understand it's not for us to self-consume it's for people to pick off of us so somebody else may have a fruit that you need to pick from amen did this help you tonight
2: amen Well, Father, we thank you for
1: tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you are pruning our trees. All of us, Father, that you will show us things that we need to clip off here, and we need to submit to you here, and we need to add nourishment
2: here, Father. You show it to us, Holy Spirit. We are teachable, and we are ready to learn. And Father, I speak over the people at the sound of my voice that they will produce their fruit in due season. Every season of fruit will happen. And the kingdom of God will multiply on this earth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. See you on Sunday for Father's Day. Pastor Doug will be back with a message. And we'll see you then. God bless you.